I just saw an ad saying ABC News Breakfast is looking for a weather presenter. I just rang up and said, I'm a naval officer, science communicator, meteorologist and oceanographer interested in journalism. And they said, send in your application. I think I do have to say who I am more loudly because already there were kids asking, why has Nate got his fingernails painted? And other older gay guys saying, oh, I wish I had someone like you around on telly when I was growing up. I just thought, well, I would have step up and, and do the work. Happy World Pride, everybody. To this way out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine, I'm Greg Gordon. Kenya must grant NGO status to a queer rights group, Bulgarian trans people get legally erased, and a popular gay Aussie weatherman celebrates Sydney World Pride. Those stories and more this week because you've discovered this way out. I'm Wenzel Jones. And I'm Tanya Kane Perry. With NewsWrap, a summary of some of the news interaffecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending February 25th, 2023. Kenya's government must recognize the National Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission's right to exist by order of the Supreme Court. The group called the February 24th ruling on its application to become a non-governmental organization a triumph for justice and human rights. The nation's NGO Coordination Board first rejected their application in 2013 because their name had gay and lesbian in it. Private consensual adult same-gender sex remains a crime in Kenya. However, the High Court decided in 2015 that rejecting the group's application violated the East African nation's constitution. The Court of Appeal concurred in 2019. This week's Supreme Court reaffirmation declares that it would be unconstitutional to limit the right to associate through denial of registration of an association purely on the basis of the sexual orientation of the applicants. The National Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission says the ruling emboldens our resolve as a community to agitate for a better Kenya for all of us. It will need plenty of resolve to combat the British colonial-era laws that remain in effect. Offenders convicted of carnal knowledge against the order of nature or gross indecency face up to 14 years in prison. A South Korean gay male couple is entitled to the same national health insurance spousal coverage as heterosexual couples. The Seoul High Court's February 21st ruling did not specify why it overturned the January decision of a lower court. That court had found that since marriage laws apply only to the union of one man and one woman, there were, therefore, no grounds to include same-gender couples in the coverage. So Song-uk told the Korean Herald, I am delighted because I felt like the judges told us, through a court decision, that the feelings of love I have for my husband should not be the target of ignorance or insults. Kim Yong-min added, It took us such a long time to have our marriage status recognized within the legal framework. The couple held a wedding ceremony in 2019, but they could not legally register their union. South Korean health insurance laws grant spousal coverage to common-law heterosexual partners. With this ruling, same-gender partners can no longer be denied. Amnesty International's East Asia researcher Moram Hyung believes the ruling 
offers hope that prejudice can be overcome, and it moves South Korea closer to achieving marriage equality. The government can appeal the ruling in the nation's Supreme Court. Bulgaria's Supreme Court has banned trans people from legally changing the gender marker on their government documents. A few liberal Bulgarian judges have interpreted the nation's law on identity documents to allow for the possibility of gender reassignment. Although the law says that, in case of gender change, trans people must apply for new documents within 30 days, the lower courts no longer have that option. The High Court specifically decided on February 20th that gender reassignment should become the subject of detailed legal regulation. The justices wrote, The Constitution and Bulgarian legislation are built on the understanding of the binary existence of the human species. Adla Kachanova is the Legal Defense Program Director at the Bulgarian Helsinki Committee. She noted that it would not be the first time that the southeastern European nation could come under EU scrutiny. She told Balkan Insight, This will trigger a wave of new cases against the country at the European Court of Human Rights and possibly also in the European Court of Justice. The Bulgarian Socialist Party government cited the nation's so-called Christian values and congratulated the Supreme Court for ruling against trans rights. Its pro-Russian leaders proclaimed, For us Bulgarians, the children and the family are of great value and the Constitution and the rule of law stand above everything. Tennessee is on the verge of becoming the latest U.S. state to ban gender-affirming care for transgender young people. The Republican-dominated legislature has also made it the first state in the country to go after the right wing's second favorite punching bag by banning family-friendly drag shows. Both bills are headed to Republican Governor Bill Lee for his expected signatures. Unless he vetoes them, the bills will become law within 10 days, whether or not Lee signs them. The bill on gender-affirming care bans puberty blockers and hormone treatment for the purpose of gender transition for young people under the age of 18. It also bans rare reassignment surgery for minors. Minors currently undergoing treatment would be cut off by March of next year. The anti-drag show bill classifies male and female impersonators as adult cabaret performers and bans adult-oriented performances that are deemed harmful to minors, according to The Tennessean. Bans on drag queen shows come in response to the growing popularity of drag queen story hours, those fun-filled readings of queer-affirming children's books by bedazzled performers enjoyed by young kids and their parents, horrifying legislatures in more than two dozen other Republican-controlled states. Some of them have already outlawed gender-affirming care for minors. Drag queen story hours have become a prime target of the Proud Boys, a far-right U.S. militia group that falsely links drag shows to pedophilia. This week, they turned violent in the Washington, D.C. suburb of Silver Springs, Maryland. A contingent of Proud Boys tried to stop Charlemagne Chateau from hosting a drag queen story hour at the Loyalty Bookstore. However, a drag supportive group called the Parasol Patrol tried to prevent the children and their family members attending the show from seeing and hearing the hate-spewing protesters outside. According to on-scene reports by the local NBC TV affiliate, 
One member of the Parasol Patrol was punched in the face by a Proud Boys member, and others were assaulted before the police finally moved in to restore order. There were no arrests. Drag performer Chateau thanked the Parasol Patrol for keeping me and the families who are at the event safe in a brief Facebook message. Another Drag Queen Story Hour was stopped at the queer-owned Brick Road Coffee Shop in Tempe, Arizona this week after the venue received a bomb threat. A small group of Proud Boys was protesting nearby, but police found no explosives at the venue, according to the advocate. Several Proud Boys have been convicted of sedition for their participation in the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Finally, minor league professional baseball player Anderson Gomez came out as a proud gay man on Instagram this week. The Dominican immigrant has competed in the Chicago White Sox system for a few years, first as an outfielder, but most recently as a pitcher. Team management expressed support for Comas after he came out to them last year. White Sox assistant general manager Chris Getz told OutSports, I was very pleased that he was comfortable sharing with us in player development and was also happy at the reaction across the organization, which, as you would expect, was to support, help, and congratulate a teammate. Comas explained, I'm doing this because I want to be an inspiration for those like me out there fighting for their dreams. Please don't listen to those stupid things that people say about us. Fight for your dreams. Believe in yourself and go for it. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending February 25th, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, Produced by Brian DeShazer and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Wenzel Jones. Stay healthy. And I'm Tanya Kane Perry. Stay safe. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org and through your financial contributions to our program. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org. Thank you. Pride is popping in sync with Sydney, Australia's annual Global Gala Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. My name is Albert Kruger. I'm the CEO of Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. So Albert, could you tell me how successful you think that World Pride has been so far this year? We're already seeing a huge influx of tourists and that was one of the KPIs that we set for ourselves to invite the world to Sydney and we're expecting over 75,000 international visitors and over half a million participants in and around the festival over the 17 days. So that in of itself is is successful but also a three-day human rights conference for 1,500 people, human rights activists from all over the world. That is also sold out. Um, so another sign that you know we've got the eyes of the world on us, and um, we're set to deliver an amazing festival. 
What are some of the other highlights of the festival? Not only do we have the parade, which is back on Oxford Street, but we also have the opening and closing ceremonies in the Domain, as well as a massive dance party on Sunday in the Domain for over 25,000 people. Um, so essentially it's three times bigger than a normal Mardi Gras is. So Mardi Gras, stero, mega Mardi Gras is what we say. And you've got Kylie Minogue tonight. Kylie Minogue, Charlie XCX, Courtney Act, and list of um, the amazing artists just... You know, it doesn't stop. It's wonderful and something for everyone in this festival, including sports and the Pride Amplified program, which is huge. Albert Cooper, thank you very much. Thank you. It was far from Labour Party leader Anthony Albanese's first Mardi Gras parade, but it was his first as Prime Minister, and he's the first sitting Australian head of state to do it. The PM shared the spirit of pride with the Australian Broadcasting Corporation as he strolled down Oxford Street on February 25th. It's 45 years, of course, and we need to pay tribute tonight and think about the 78ers who were thrown in jail for the simple fact of who they were because they happened to be gay or lesbian. And uh, it's five years since marriage equality uh, that was a demand that wasn't there 45 years ago. So we need to continue to argue for equality. This is a celebration of modern Australia. Hello, my name's Diane Minnis. I'm a 78er who was involved in the first Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras in 1978 and you're listening to This Way Out, the weekly LGBTIQ plus radio magazine for all our gender and sexually diverse communities around the world and those who love them. The air was fair and boisterous for World Pride, a forecast specially ordered up by one of the country's favourite weather presenters, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation's gay meteorologist, Nate Byrne. Byrne shined as co-host of this year's TV coverage of the combination Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras and World Pride Parade, and he wrapped rainbows around this way out correspondent Barry Mackay inside the ABC's Pride tent during Mardi Gras World Pride Fair Day. I'm a meteorologist and an oceanographer, which I know for many people won't be that weird. That's what weather presenters normally are, but not in Australia. I'm the only one, I think, on national television, uh, which is kind of awesome, and that's, uh, that's the sort of thing that the ABC likes to do. It likes to really get people with some expertise to get into jobs. And by the way, just so you know, I'll do my job for a second. It is sweltering here today and absolutely humid. So before I joined the telly though, before I got on the ABC, I was a naval officer for 12 and a half years and that's where I was a forecaster. That's where I did my training with the Bureau of Meteorology, but then I worked in the Navy uh, forecasting for ships at sea. So how did you get into the military and how did you get into forecasting there? Well, when I was a really little kid, I said that I wanted to be a wet man, but that was only because it looked like it was only five minutes work a day. And I was like, ha, yes, heaps of time to play. But um, of course, that's not the truth at all. Uh, instead, it's a lot of work. But I was always interested in science. And so I, I got myself into uni. Uh, well, actually, I applied for the military to do my university there uh, with the Navy. But they turned me down because I had really bad eyesight. So. I just went to uni on my own for a little bit, realized that I did really want to be in the Navy, so got my eyes lasered, uh, and then joined as, first of all, it was called a seaman officer, 
Um, but they changed the name uh, smartly later to Maritime Warfare Officer. So I used to drive ships for a living. That was my initial training. And then I got to specialise as a meteorologist. And since I had that science background, I had a, a degree in physics, um, that I knew that's where I wanted to be. And that was my opportunity to yeah, become a, a forecaster. Did you experience any homophobia in the military? There was some light homophobia, but not necessarily directed at me because people thought I was gay. Uh, certainly not before I was out, but there was also always stuff like, oh, back to the walls, boys, or uh, it's something actually our international audiences might not understand. They are, he's a bit of a woolly woofter, uh, which is just a, another way of saying woofter. Uh, but uh, it was never with animosity or hate, it was more like boys club joshing and stuff. There was certainly never any, I never felt danger or like that. I was gonna have a problem, but I wasn't out for a long time. It wasn't until I went to an American base, actually. I went to the Middle East uh, to do some counter-terrorism operations. Uh, and I was staying on a base in Bahrain, and there, there was still the don't ask, don't tell policy uh, going on. And it occurred to me that that's not cool and that's not what I wanted for my life. So when I came home, I uh, had a, a work function and just bought a boyfriend uh, and then in the end, I did get bailed up in a corner and yelled at, but that was for not telling him sooner, which is such a lovely way for things to be. How did you come to apply for a job as a weather presenter at uh, Australia's public broadcast at the ABC? I, for some reason, the Navy didn't have a job for me. Uh, the meteorology branch is really, really small. So there was, I'd come to the end of one of my posting cycles and was going into another, and they didn't have anything for me to do. Uh, so they said, go have a look around Navy, pick whatever you want, because you could do heaps of jobs that aren't your speciality. Uh, and I said, hey, how about instead of that, I take a whole year off and go and get a Master's of Science Communication. So I'd seen this program, it looked really fun. It involved driving around doing science shows for kids, like regional and remote Australia. Um, and it was, it was so much fun. But on the back of that, I just saw an ad. It was just an ad saying, hey, ABC News Breakfast is looking for a weather presenter. They wanted a journalist that was interested in the weather. Because remember, like, we don't necessarily have meteorologists on air here in Australia. Uh, but I just rang up and said, I'm a naval officer, science communicator, meteorologist and oceanographer interested in journalism. And they said, get here, <laughs> send in your application. How did you find it at first being in front of a camera and knowing you had such a big responsibility and a large audience watching you? Actually, the first time I was in, on camera, I hate watching it back. I, and I've had to a couple of times. I was so nervous. I was so stilted. I, I just, you know, from being in the Navy, I, I have a real appreciation, and I still carry it now, of not wanting to stuff up, like just wanting to get everything perfectly right. And especially as a forecaster, because there is so much uncertainty. You always want to pull that down as much as possible. But that then uh, kind of ends up making you feel a little bit anxious about, oh, I'm telling all these people that it's going to be sunny and 25 today. What if it's 24? So that's kind of what I went into it with. But I don't have that now. Ah, a degree off. Ah, it will be fine. We'll be fine. It's only when it's severe weather you don't want to get it wrong. And still now, then, that's when I start to get that feeling back. Did you ever feel self-conscious that your audience may think you were same-sex attracted? Did that affect you? No, and by the time I was at the ABC, completely comfortable with myself. Although, interestingly, I don't think I said on air for a long time that I was gay. I definitely told LGBTQIA plus stories, um, but I don't think I explicitly said I was gay for a really long time. 
it wasn't actually until with the ABC uh, they had their first Mardi Gras float that I got on there. Uh, and somebody sent me a really nasty homophobic DM, and I made that public uh, and got a bunch of support, which was amazing, uh, from both my colleagues at work but also the audience. And after that, uh, people started saying to me that I was a bit of a role model. And that's the point where I thought, you know what, I think I do have to just say who I am more loudly because already there were kids asking, why has Nate got his fingernails painted? And, uh, you know, and, and other older gay guys saying, oh, I wish I had someone like you around on telly when I was growing up. I just thought, well, I ought to step up and, and do the work. When did you first come out on national television and what was the public reaction? See, again, it didn't really happen. By the time I uh, was first talking about actually being gay, everybody knew. I mean, it was kind of the assumption that I had anyway. Uh, so there was really no uh, lash back at all. Although I still get messages all the time. In fact, I just got a tweet today, today, uh, that's, uh, I'm, I'm gonna bring it up for you because it's, it's incredible that people have so much reach into our lives uh, and, and can get our eyeballs on some horrible things um, and they do and that's chosen just just to hurt and that's why we march and do what we do to make sure that we are making things better for people as, as the future goes on and, and for, for people around right now I want to find I want to find this tweet for you because it just keeps me in the guts again, but when it's public, I will absolutely allow it to happen um, because then the public can get back as well. So I got this tweet this morning. It says, uh, isn't it a bit weird to be proud of one's sexuality? Should I be proud to be a heterosexual? If your sexuality uh, is predetermined, then it just is. It's time this movement grew up and realized no one cares. And that's kind of the point. That's still happening, and I'm still seeing that, and that means other people are still seeing that, which is why I reckon we've got to show off our pride as much as possible. I try not to show off everything, so like that tweet in particular, I'm not going to send it out. Yeah. It's public. Yeah. Anybody can see it, anybody yeah. can respond. It's when it's quiet that really bothers me. When it, cause the, the one, the, the message that I brought up was a DM, right? That, that was somebody who intended to secretly and quietly have a go at me so that only I would see it. A personal message. A personal message, uh, I would say a personal attack, really. Um, and, and that was why I wanted to share it because that's happening all around us all the time in phone calls and emails and small quiet conversations between some bigoted, often adults and some queer youth that hurts. And if they can see that even I'm getting that and I'm able to be who I am and be loud and proud, then maybe that can help. Has your team at the ABC been supportive of you? Absolutely. As soon as that DM, as soon as I made that public, the very next time the show was on air, so I think I did that on Sunday morning in very early hours. So Monday morning, my team, I, I didn't ask. They just took some time to show off the amazing Mardi Gras experience that we'd had and then just 100% back to me and said, hey, you might have seen on social media, Nate was a subject of some awful, hateful tweets. And then they just said, we don't condone it. We love Nate. We love the whole rainbow community. And that's exactly what I wanted to hear. In general, do you think Australian audiences are progressing in terms of acceptance of LGBTQ plus people? Yeah. 
for the most part, we're, we're now uh, telling stories about our community as if it's not something to point at and really go like, oh my gosh, look at that. We're just like, oh, and here's some gay people doing a thing and here's some drag queens and here's some drag kings. And it's not just the drag queens anymore, which is so often how our community was shown. It's also, here's some indigenous brothers, brothers, sisters and sister brothers. And uh, here are some some Indian people and some disabled people. Like, you know, our diversity is so intersectional. There are so, every single one of us has several diversities in a way. Uh, I mean, I'm dimpled. That's uh, my, (laughs) it's a hard life. Oh, but we now tell those stories uh, pretty equally on the ABC. We tell a wide range of stories, and people are used to seeing it now, and, and so that helps them just accept it more. Now you'll be hosting this year's coverage of the World Pride Parade. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm incredibly excited and also nervous. You know, like that not wanting to stuff it up. That's already around because. You know, it's, it's so easy to say the wrong thing when you're doing live television, when you're just rolling your brain and somebody's talking in your ear saying, keep this going, I need you to fill for 30 more seconds. And you're also trying to interact with the people around you or whatever. Uh, there's a lot going on. So I'm nervous I'm going to stuff up, but they're going to make sure we are so well prepared. And um, I'm also thinking that it's right to accept that sometimes we do stuff up. You just have to notice when you do and then stop apologize, correct yourself, and move on, and that's what I'm going to be doing. That's what I say to all of our straight friends as well. If you stuff up somebody's gender, say, it's okay. If they let you know that you've stuffed it up, apologize, say the right thing, and then move on. So that's what I'm going to be taking to Mardi Gras, as well as a heck of a lot of fun, and these dimples. (laughs) Will you be broadcasting to an international audience as it's World Pride to me this year? Oh look, we are going to be absolutely, well hopefully everywhere, is it going to be broadcast overseas or just in Australia? Don't know. Okay. Don't know. Yeah. But I'm sure you're going to be able to watch it online. For sure. Yeah. ABC iView is probably the best place to go if you're not sure. But I'm sure there will be coverage worldwide. I mean, it is world pride, right? We're newsmakers. And Sydney is such a wonderful city. And it is a rainbow city. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a, a really good representation of Australia. But... It's not all we have. There are Mardi Gras and Pride events going on all around the country in regional and remote Australia, as well as in our big cities. It's summer, it's the time of year for it, and all of Australia is on board. We're so happy that Sydney gets to host World Pride 2023. Uh, It makes us really, really proud, but this is really a country-wide event. Of course, Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras is, is the biggest event on our calendar normally. But wow, world pride. I just want to say welcome to the entire world. Get some Australia up here. Get some rainbow love. And uh, happy Mardi Gras. If you'd like to see the full video of my interview with the fabulous Nate Byrne, just head to YouTube and search for This Way Out, Nate Byrne Interview. His surname is spelt B-Y-R-N-E. For This Way Out in Sydney, Australia, I'm Barry Mackay, wishing you happy World Pride. Live from Taylor Square on Oxford Street in Sydney, for the first time in three years, it's the 45th Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras! 
It is loud. I'm Nate Bird. I'm on Shafter. And I'm the effervescent Jack Evans. And yes, this is my natural hair. Thanks for discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was recorded this week by Wenzel Jones and Tanya Kane Berry and produced by Brian DeShazer. Correspondent Barry Mackay brought us the first installments of his wide-ranging coverage of World Pride in Sydney. Little Richard, Crowded House, and Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson, composer, performed our theme music. This way out thanks to the Richard Rosenberg Foundation and listener donors Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappelle and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts, and on KCSB, Santa Barbara, California, Bridge Radio, PA, Perth, and over New Brunswick, WRIR, Richmond, Virginia, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.